Welcome, friends. I'm Sarah Ann Stewart, and this is the Awesome Inside Out Podcast. Now, I'm not sure how you ended up here today, but I want to welcome you with open arms. Because while our past may be different, I'm going to take a wild guess that we share one common desire to have a deeply fulfilling, extraordinary life in a body that we love. A life free of diets, free from guilt, and free from shame. In each episode, we're going to dive deep into mindset shifts that give you the power to decide how you feel, not the media, not your past, and not social conditioning. Then you'll discover how to use this inspiration and this new sense of confidence to be the best you, the you that you are meant to be. So get ready, my friend. It is time to get awesome inside out. Hey there. Thanks so much for tuning in to another interview episode on the Awesome Inside Out podcast. I am truly grateful for your presence here today, for you showing up with endless curiosity and an open heart. If this podcast moves and inspires you, it would mean the world to me if you could share it with just one person who would benefit from the wisdom shared today. This podcast is growing rapidly because of you. You being here dedicated to upgrading your health, your well-being, and your life, which means so much to me. Thank you to each and every one of you for leaving five-star reviews, subscribing, and sharing. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. I started the Awesome Inside Out podcast with one simple goal, to create a movement, a movement of impact. And what a time in the world for us to come together and participate in much-needed change and dialogue as we come together to end racism and learn about our own unconscious biases. Over the past months, I've been engaging in the necessary conversations with friends, family members, colleagues, teammates, and one of the most beautiful and impactful conversations I've had was with my friend, Imari Anderson. And today I want to share his wisdom and knowledge and inspiration with you. Imari is a filmmaker turned life coach. In his career, he takes abstract ideas and transformational concepts and delivers them in tangible ways that allow individuals he coaches and he mentors to rewire their minds, literally changing their reality from the inside out. His passion for perspective shifting, guided by his electric charisma, has turned this former filmmaking powerhouse into a transformational force who has left ripples in the lives of hundreds of his clients. I've learned and unlearned and most importantly, positively been impacted by knowing him even for just a few short months. I've been in awe of the way that he invites anyone, regardless of where they stand or their beliefs, to join the conversation, while still challenging them to upgrade and shift their perspective to a more open-hearted, loving way of existing on this planet together. In this conversation today, he furthers these ideas by sharing his perspective on how we can accelerate the powerful movement happening across the world right now. In this conversation, we also talk about how to go beyond the hashtags and the social media posts and to go deep into what has to happen to bring about real, lasting cultural transformation and how each of us individually can make an impact. I know for many of us, this time is challenging our current beliefs, conscious and unconscious. It's challenging us to show up differently than what we were taught. And so today, I trust that if you are here, you are willing to take the next step to do this work, work that is so overdue and so needed. So without further ado, I am so excited to introduce you to Amari. 
Hi, Mari. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to have you. It was such an honor getting to know you through the collective that my husband and I hosted, and you were such an incredible speaker. And I am so excited to continue this conversation and just really thrilled and honored that you showed up to open your heart and have such a powerful conversation that I trust is going to change so many lives. Man, geez, he's going to hit me with that sweet message to start off with. My heart is like, just like disintegrating. I'm like, I can't go through the rest of this interview now. Thank you for the invite to that. And thank you for the invite to this. I'm, I'm appreciative of being able to have, you know, nuanced conversation with interesting people. So let's make it happen. Yeah. I was really in awe of the feedback from the collective and just a backstory. My husband and I did an entrepreneurial virtual collective on how we can create the space for learning and unlearning around really becoming an ally and being a stance for anti-racism. And through the conversations that were had, we were really witnessing just our community step up. And there were so many people that reached out and said, Amari just has this heart that is so welcoming and the energy that he holds and the space that he holds to have the conversation is just like unlike anything we've seen. And from that feedback, I was just like, ah, oh. and I felt that too. Like the first time I talked to you, I was like, wow, I just feel safe. Like I feel like I can ask you questions. I can learn from you. And there's not the pressure to have you be my teacher, but you can guide me in the direction of what is needed and the way that I can unlearn and the, what I can do to really break down these very much unconscious ways that we have our own biases in the ways that we show up in the world that might not be for our highest selves and the highest self of humanity and consciousness. And I think it's a responsibility for all of us to really take on this unlearning process right now. And so to backtrack a little, yeah, thank you. To backtrack <laughs> a little bit, I wanted to first dive into your amazing work because I think that will kind of set the stage for this conversation. I really mm -hmm. wanted to understand how you became this incredible coach, how you're helping people really tear down the prisons and the walls in which they've built around themselves. Something I love on your website is you say like, I help you find that key, the key to unlocking your own prison. And yeah, I would just love to hear how you got into the coaching space and, <laughs> and why it's so exciting for you to serve so many people in the way that you do. <laughs> yeah, I make keys for mental prisons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that line was going to resonate. So it was so funny when Craig brought it up during the call. I was like, oh, you really read my website. I'm just going to jump into that question. You let me know if you need me to redirect at any time. But the reason that I can confidently say that I'm effective at breaking people free of their mental prisons is because I used to live in one, right? And I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like to, in your body, in your mind, in your psyche, and in your emotions, feel like there's no way out of the reality that I have landed in, right? especially when you're not taught from a young age that you are creating that reality. And I know that's like a very trendy thing to say, like, you create your reality. And like, there's so many like one-liners and Instagram bios that say that. And it's a fact, right? Mm -hmm. I, I'm aware that the reality I used to live in, which is insecurity and depression, and I'm not good enough. And because of my childhood, like the world hates me. I'm aware that, cool, I went through experiences that contributed to those realities. And at some point I had to allow them. At some point, I had to accept them, right? Because if a reality presents itself, but I don't accept it, then it no longer becomes my reality, right? And, you know, what's unfortunate is that when you're a kid, you get presented with all these realities that don't really serve you, and you don't realize that you have a choice in what you take on. And so all of a sudden, other people's traumas, other people's projections, other people's expectations, all of a sudden become you. And, like, what ended up with me is, like, I looked up when I was, like, 20-something. I was like, wow, I feel like shit, right? Like, I truly honestly 
hate the, not, I didn't even hate the world. I hated myself and I hated my life, right? I have always had a massive passion for humans, other people, other human beings, right? And yet I didn't have that passion and that love and that appreciation for myself, right? So my, my appreciation and the things that I wanted to do for other humans would always be limited in the outreach and it would always be limited in its impact because the source of it was in conflict. Because it was mirroring your internal conflict that was right. within you, right? Yeah. How the hell can I love on Sarah Stewart if every day I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm a piece of shit. I don't deserve to be here. It just does not work. It's not right. effective. Right. And, and the idea isn't to break free of that so that I can be more effective. The idea is to break free of that because it's actually a much better life to live when you're just happy with yourself. Right. <laughs> love yourself, right? <laughs> so that is my answer to that question. And what was the process for you to find that space? Like when you were in that heartbreak of just witnessing yourself in that lower vibration and that consciousness of just, I can't go on in this state. What were the steps? Like, was there this moment that you just said, okay, I'm, I'm surrendering and accepting, or was it, was there a process to kind of pull yourself out of that? And what did that look like for you? Yeah, definitely a journey. It wasn't like a, oh man, I'm just going to take and eat the mushrooms and everything's going to be all right. That's not how, (laughs) I mean, it might be how it worked for other people, but not necessarily for me. There are definitely standout moments on my journey that Mm -hmm. um, really kickstarted and really were like the gears turning in the car, right? So one moment I would say is getting fired. So I got fired from what at the time was my dream job. I was a filmmaker. I was in my young 20s. I was making viral video content that was positive for the world. It wasn't just like, you know, viral challenges. It was actually like bringing people together across the world with really deep and introspective topics. And I was directing for this company and I was so unhappy with myself that eventually that just bled over into my work and it bled over into who I was in the workplace and they let me go. Right. Mm. So in that moment, if we want to talk about that going from gear one to gear two, that was me saying like, okay, cool. I made it to a pinnacle, to a, you know, a height of success. And I was still unhappy. So I have to address something, right? So that was the awareness that the external would never take care of the things that I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. And then I got introduced to a transformational program, Master in Transformational Training. I'll give them a free shout out. <laughs> they can pay me for that later. But in that program, I really, I just had a fat mirror put up to my face of, Amari, this is who you are, right? You can keep running from it, but we all see you. And we know that you now see yourself because we're holding up the mirror to you. So you can either continue to lie to yourself and say that you're not good enough and say that you're a piece of shit and continue to be depressed, or you can step the fuck up. It's completely up to you, right? And of course that was difficult. And of course that was like, like multiple months long process. And that was the, going to that program was probably stepping into gear three, I guess. Is that, is that, is that what gear we're on? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I would say another one that really... It comes to my mind because I talked to somebody about this the other day. There's a day I almost died during that program. And I was actually coming home from an event for that transformational program. And I, I was living in downtown LA at the time. I witnessed two guys who was chasing another guy on a bike. I witnessed them with an attempted murder, right? I saw them run past my car. I kind of ignored it. I didn't think it was a big deal. And then I heard the shots ring out, right? And Without thinking, without processing, I just whipped my car around and I followed the guys that tried to just do that shooting, right? Um, 
I won't make this story too dramatic for your for your listeners. But <laughs> basically what happened is I went after them for a little bit and they got into a car and I was about to follow them. And one of them stopped me. One of them stood in front of my car and another car pulled behind me and they locked me in because they saw that I was following them. And in that moment, like I was telling my friend the other day, in that moment, I just got zipped into the present, into mm-hmm. the present moment. And when I say zipped into the present moment, I was very aware, keenly aware of the fact that I can die in this moment. It is probably very likely that I will get shot in the face in this moment. And I am extremely angry at myself for the life that I've lived up to this point. Extremely just like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you or anybody who else is listening to this have really had like an actual near-death experience. But for me, in this near-death experience, it was, hey, here's a massive catalog of your life. Mm-hmm. Here it is in the span of half a nanosecond, and it's about to be over. Are you cool with the life that you lived? Right. And in that moment, every excuse that I had ever come up with to stay depressed and to stay insecure and to stay small and to not be in my power, every excuse seemed so insignificant, and I could literally blame nobody else but myself. And in that moment, I was, <laughs> angry is not the right word but I was disgusted with myself. Like, as if I'm talking to myself, this is the life that you chose? Out of all the little billions of sperm that were flying around, you got to be a fucking human being and you got to grow up and you got to live and you got to learn and you decided to live your life in insecurity and you were waiting for some kind of breakthrough. That's what you decided, right? And in that moment, you know, no excuse was worth it. Like, it didn't matter. Like, cool, you got abused when you were a kid or cool, you you know, you were clinically depressed or okay. It's like, cool. Yes, those exist. Mm -hmm. And you are a powerful motherfucker. Stop. Start acting like it. Right. Wow. Yeah, I've had similar moments of that where I changed the role from victim to responsibility. 100%. A hundred bazillion, kajillion, quadrillion percent. And that like, and I, oh man, I love that you say that, Sarah, because- if we look at the macro, right? And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say a contentious statement because you know, so I that's what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like in, if we look in the macro, people who look like me, yes, we have been through some things. Yes, there's been trauma, and yes, we have every right to be angry, and yes, we have ang- every right to say we haven't made it to the level that we want to make, right? Right. And we also have the opportunity to take a massive amounts of responsibility for what comes next. Right? Yep. Whenever I, you know, like I told you, I did a lot of talks during the race thing. When yes. All this thing was really hot. And like, for me, it was like, cool, we can talk about how, you know, horrible the world is and yada, yada, yada. And what's coming next, right? And right. that's not like on a, oh, every white person needs to get their shit together. This is like a collective responsibility. It's an individual responsibility. Of like, how am I contributing to the things and the worlds and the perspectives that I say I don't like? Yeah, I love that. I actually, my coach, and I wrote this quote down because it felt like such a reflection of what you shared at Rising Glen was the rebellion isn't against something outside of us. It is always against or like what we have been brewing unconsciously. And when we fully transform within ourselves, everything else follows with our roar. And it's the Mm. idea that (laughs) it is our unconscious biases, our unconscious way of being, our unconscious ways that we have taken on the projections and the stories and the beliefs and the patterning Mm -hmm. and the multi-generational ancestral trauma. And Mm -hmm. we have used it to keep us small. 
And I remember hearing that quote and thinking, oh my gosh, this is so in alignment with Amari because I have (laughs) felt this in my own life. And I even feel this now where I have a responsibility to learn and unlearn and to really witness Mm -hmm. my own biases and to recognize how I can stand up and lead and learn, like most importantly, learn and educate my team and do do things that I wasn't doing and take responsibility for that. And there have been many times in my life where I've had to look and say, I have been playing the victim role of blaming the coach, the expert, the doctor, the medical practitioner, (laughs) the the mentor, my parents, everyone in my life before I even look or allow myself to witness the emotions and the pain and everything that exists within me. And I'm like, and until I was able to do that, nothing shifted. It was always Mm. just the searching externally for the answers that never showed up because I wasn't willing to see any of the answers in anyone else. Because like you said earlier, I was only mirroring what was happening within me. Exactly. A hundred percent. A hundred, a hundred percent. You're great. You're amazing. Yeah. I love you. You're great. I know we've never um, met in person, but I love you. You're awesome. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. A hundred percent. It's like, I mean, the, what you're talking about right now is the idea of ownership, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, that program that I told you about, I did the whatever gear two to gear three, <laughs> like ownership was like the big thing that I took away from it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like everything that happens in my life, everything that doesn't happen in my life, what happens when I look at it through a perspective of how did I cause that? How did I create that? Right. And I think a lot of people run away from that because then they're like, oh, no, I'm going to end up in self beat up and I'm going to end up in hating myself. It's like, actually, no, not at all. Right. Like your life is an art piece. And if you are the artist and you're responsible for it, you can't fuck it up, but you can keep drawing and you can keep adding on. You can keep shaping and shifting it and making it what you want it to be instead of waiting for somebody else. But now I'm just ranting. <laughs> no, I love that. I was going to ask you to not go down the blame myself, the guilt, the shame. Like even when you recognized, okay, fuck, I've been living from this place. Look at all this time that I lived unconsciously and now mm-hmm. I'm conscious of how I was living. To not go into that fear-based regret, what is the energy you take on? Is it a forgiveness? Is it a motivation? Is it an inspirational energy? Like, what is the process for you to say, okay, I'm going to let that go, but then begin to shift? Because I think people try, they make the attempt of saying, I'm no longer live like that, but then they go into the unconscious patterning. Right. They go back into the, right. into the shit, right? Like back you, into the like, drama, oh, back into right, the Which is then just a cycle, right? It's yep. like, oh man, why did I do that thing? Let me beat myself up for it. Oh man, now I'm back in the thing. <laughs> right. Like it just right. keeps going on and on. Right. And, and I'll be honest with you, that day where, you know, I thought I was going to die and I was pretty convinced that that was the end. I just realized that I never finished that story. It was like a cliffhanger for all your audience. <laughs> it's great. Um, That's what we're meant to do. The hook. And then we tell the end of the story just, at the end. <laughs> it's like movies. Yeah, I know. Right. So basically what I was saying is like, cool. Yeah. That day where I thought I was actually going to die, that was the energy I was in. I was in self veto and I was in regret and I was in literally the definition, the feeling of self-hatred. Right. That would not have served me for very long. Right. What's mm-hmm. interesting is, that energy, it got me out of the situation because I fucking whipped my car around the guy that was blocking me and I went on the highway and I drove for an hour with these guys chasing me at like 90 miles an hour. And the, what got me to do that is the energy of like this red hot anger, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. I could not have lived with that every day for the rest of my life because it wouldn't have gone anywhere, mm-hmm. right? What's great is that, you know, that experience happened, that event happened. And then a couple weeks later, kind of completely unrelated, uncorrelated. I had the first day in my life 
where I experienced the feeling in my body of self-love, mm. right? And it came about through another exercise that I was doing in this transformation program that I was in at the time. But what it did was essentially, I'm like, how can I talk about this without giving away all their secrets? Um, basically what it did is it just showed me mm-hmm. who I am with no, you know, trying to make it sound better or worse. It was just like, Amari, this is who you are. Right. And it showed me who I am in comparison to other people, not as in like a hierarchical thing, but as like a, you know, a linear, mm-hmm. like what makes you, you. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question of like, Oh, how do you go take yourself out of that self beat up mindset and whatever I turned my attention and I turned my focus on to like, what is really dope about me? Mm. Right. Yeah. Like the regret and the shit that that's talking about stuff that happened in the past. What did right. I not do in the past? Why did I live the life that I lived in the past? The, the self-love and the self-appreciation, that's like, what is real in this moment right here, right now? Yep. Right? And when you're inundated with that, then none of the focus is on, you know, the regret and the, the dumb shit, which immediately breaks that cycle. Right. Well, and bringing yourself yeah. into the present. It's basically... Yeah, bring yourself into the present. Bring, bringing your, your presence to a place where there's no future or past self. It's just who you are in that moment and what can you appreciate and love about yourself in that space? Yes. Minus the stories. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for me, I had that moment in the transformational program where I, because of their cleverly designed exercise, I I realized like, Oh, this is me. Mm -hmm. Right. And in the seeing of myself, then I can love myself. Right. Yep. Cause I'm aware of who I am. Yep. And as we do this unconscious work, what do you believe the steps are to become an ally and to step into those, I guess you would say, being able to witness your unconscious biases and then also mm-hmm. be able to shift them to create an anti-racist consciousness in humanity, to create a more loving, inclusive justice society? Like, How do we... And what steps do you recommend to do that work? Because I think right now there's a lot of like, learn, learn, learn. And that's great to inundate more, but that's mm-hmm. impacting the intellect, right? Like that's adding yes, more exactly. s- stuff into our mind. Mm-hmm. And until we release and let go of the way that we were operating, it's like we need additional steps. Like we need steps right. that I'm not hearing quite often. But again, that's yes. only from my view. And so I want to hear yes. from your view, like, uh, what is, what is the next step? Because I'm recommending all these books to my employees and I'm recommending them to my friends <laughs> and my community. Which is more knowledge and intellectual. Yeah. And it's, yeah. and it's knowledge, but I'm like, what's the next thing? And I'm also taking on the responsibility to read the books and to take the courses and learn, mm-hmm. but I'm like, what's next after that? Like, how do we create sustainability? How do we mm-hmm. make yes. this a yes. conversation of the future, not just mm-hmm when the hashtags wear out, like what is, what is that step in process? Right. Cause that's kind of where we're at right now. You know, I've witnessed like an exponential decline in mm-hmm. the attention that it gets in like the last week or two, you know, which is honestly exactly what I expected to happen. Right. Because we're talking like exactly like you were talking. It's just like, cool. We're just going to follow this like wave of emotion inundate ourselves with knowledge and intellectualism and then go back to our lives. Mm. Right. So for me to answer your question from my perspective is, how do you make it experiential? Mm. Right? Mm, like how do you, for me, it's so much more effective to say like, oh, we should like fill in 
four slots on our executive board because it's not diverse enough. Like to me, that's not interesting. You shouldn't be doing that out of like obligation or shame or trying to fill a number. It's like, yo, because you have experienced enough people of color, you have experienced enough people who don't look or think or act like you that you're like, oh, I want some of that. Mm. I want some of that flavor and I want some of that extra opinions and whatever. And the only way that you even know that exists is because you've experienced it before. It's because you put yourself in relationships and you put yourself in situations where you're interacting with people who don't think like you on a regular basis. And you're like, oh, wow. By interacting with these people, I and my brand and my company and my friendships and my life and my family are all so much better off. Right. right? More beautiful. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like something I had said on a show a couple of weeks ago, I was like, we're spending so much time being angry at racists, right? For me, a, a more beautiful and honestly more effective question is how do you motivate a racist person to not be racist? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. If they've never been exposed to black people and all they see is the black people on TV and the black people that, you know, are on the news, of course they're going to be racist. Right. But when they like actually have like a group or a community, they're like, Oh wow. I have no choice but to interact with these people. And Hey, you know, kind of cool, kind of funny. Oh, they have really cool perspectives and opinions. Like, Oh my God, I want more of this in my life. That's wow. the next step. That's actually how we move this conversation forward mm. is that it's not coming. We're not doing this whole diversity thing for performance tokens. Mm. We're not doing it for, you know, because of unresolved shame and guilt of like, oh, am I a bad white person? I'm a black guy and I'm so uninterested in you feeling bad about not being my friend. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like you're just missing out. <laughs> it's cool. I definitely was missing out on being your friend before. <laughs> I definitely feel that, like full-hearted. <laughs> I'm like, we should have been friends a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, and like that, that's the space that mm -hmm. I would want to have these conversations from, right? Like mm -hmm. I wouldn't want Sarah to be like, man, I really should get a black guy on the podcast. I'm like, oh God, okay, now I got to be the black guy. <laughs> no, like, no, I'm, I'm Omari. And, you know, I happen to have different experiences because of my background and because of whatever. And cool, I can share them with you. And then we can co-create a new experience that has never existed before in the, in the timeline of humanity. And as a result, you grow, I grow, our communities grow, the world grows. Hey there, friend. Are you loving this podcast? I want to continue to support you. So the simplest way to do this is to head over to sarahannstewart.com and pop into the newsletter. Doing this ensures that you never, ever miss any details of our new projects, products, upcoming events, or issues that are near or dear to my heart. You're also going to get access to the movement. This is the inner circle of people just like you standing in their power to bring more truth and a new level of consciousness where all individuals get to live a diet-free life in a body that they love. So pop on over to sarahannstewart.com and subscribe, and I'll see you on the inside. Yep. yep. Expansion. Yep. I love my husband's perspective because he believes that diversity is what made his team grow as quickly as it did because he he always says like when you bring a table of diversity you get so many different opinions and so many different views and you just have higher intellectual conversation and you create this ability to be creative and inspirational 
and he's seen that in his business and that's just always been at the forefront for him. And, um, and so he's been having a lot of conversation around that and it feels very inspiring to me that, you know, he's seen that model work and it's not about, you know, putting people on the team for show. And I think that that is such a beautiful way to describe it. And I also loved what you said at Rising Glen and what you kind of just um, just reference, which is this communication piece. And I think it's, I would love for you to dive a little bit deeper on this because something that was really so inspiring to me was where you said, everyone should have a seat at the table. And I don't remember the exact words that you said, but it was similar to that where we should be open to sitting at a table and having conversation and we shouldn't shame someone for where, what they bring to the table, but we should allow them to, to be at the table so that they can learn. And, right. and yeah. I think that that was really eye-opening to a lot of people because we were in conversation about the cancel culture and like shaming people and yes, hating yes. them for where they currently God, are. <laughs> and yeah. what's so inspiring to me too is like, and, and what I've witnessed is like the way I show up on social media is very different than who I was two years ago. And so mm. we need to allow people to evolve and grow and be on this journey yes. of opening up consciousness and awareness. And, and, and when we cancel them or when we shame them for where they are, in my, just from my limited reference perspective, we're not giving them a seat to change. Like we're not giving them the yes. opportunity to sit yes. with you and fall in love with you and get to experience diversity because we're already shaming them and then they're scared to mm. sit. And so right. I would love for you to talk a little bit about this because it was just so eye-opening to me when you were talking about like, I'm open to Republicans. I'm open to whoever it is to sit and have the conversation so that I have the yeah. opportunity to change their mind or at least have an impact on them. Yeah, or have them potentially change mind. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, that, that's the game. That's the fun. I mean, like to, to use a metaphor, like for me, as you know, I'm a coach, right? Like my job is to break people free of their mindsets, to expand them and expand their potential every single day, right? And how do I do that? By conversation, right? It, it doesn't... It, it doesn't look like me saying like, oh, you're depressed or oh, you're sad or oh, you're not living the life you want to. You sit down and you shut up and I'll tell you all my good coaching philosophies and I'll speak at you and I'll tell you, no, <laughs> that's so, mm-hmm. first of all, uninteresting to me. And secondly, it does not work, right? What works is somebody sitting across from me, us having a conversation. I'm like, all right, talk to me. Where are you at? Where's your head at? Completely free of any shame, of any guilt, of any, like you're doing it wrong. Just talk to me. What's mm-hmm. happening in your life? And where did that come from, right? And then based on what I'm hearing from you, I can then do the work and do the process of like exchanging and interchanging new ideas and new perspectives and being like, oh, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? But I I don't even know what questions to ask. I don't even know what to say that'll be most effective unless I hear you talk first. Right. Right? So it's it's interesting. Like like one is the agenda mindset, which is like, you sit down, I'm going to tell you as a black man, how you're bad as a white person, right? Which I don't think is effective. And so that's the agenda mindset. And then there's a mindset of like, yo, let's conversate. Let's expand together. Right? Because Mm -hmm. if my goal is actually to shift and change, whether my client's mindset or somebody who might be, you know, bigoted's mindset, my intention is to meet them where they're at so I can bring them up. It's not for me to say, oh, look at this platform I'm on. You should join me up here. What, how, how would they even do that? <laughs> There's no ladder. And I would assume through your coaching, similar to mine, that by asking the questions like deep within who they are at the highest level of their consciousness, 
which they probably have not even tapped, they already have the answers. Like they have the ability when you tear down the walls and you ask the right questions for them to witness that within themselves, they are actually a stand for inclusivity. They're actually a stand for justice. They're actually a stand for what's right and love and, you know, creating this diversity in this world in which we all want to live in. I don't think people actually want to live in divide. (laughs) I think that this is something that's been projected on us. And it's so interesting to me. I think when we do the push and tell me if I'm wrong, we limit the ability for someone to see it within themselves. 100%. They're not going to want to, right? They're, you're like trying to ingest something to them that they like a pill that they can't swallow, right? Mm-hmm. But I love what you said is like, you know, people have the answers, right? Like whether I'm coaching them through a job transition or their relationship or being bigoted, whatever it is, they have the answer. They just haven't given themselves permission to believe it, mm-hmm. right? And they're coming mm-hmm. up with reasons of why it doesn't work or, you know, it's not good enough or da da da. It's like, no, actually, here's a mirror. Right. You already know this. I'm just a very clean mirror. Right. Has it been hard for you to be that mirror during this time? Like, is it, does it feel challenging to reflect back to people where they aren't showing up? And does it feel like a weight for you? Or do you, because I was watching one of your videos and you were like, you don't have to check on me. I'm not a victim. And it was just really (laughs) inspiring (laughs) to, (laughs) to hear that. So I'm curious how you're, how it's been for you in this process? How it's been for me in this process? Um, at times it's invigorating mm-hmm. because I love conversation. Mm-hmm. I love thought provoking. I love exchanging ideas. So when I'm playing that Pong match with somebody who wants to play, then it's great. The times where it's draining is, is kind of like what we're talking about, this idea of somebody with, an idea and you need to subscribe to their idea, right? Yep. That for me, whether they're white or black, I want to like underline double score, bowl of bat. Like I'm talking about all people. Yeah. When they are not, they step into a conversation to make sure that you believe what they believe mm-hmm. rather than they're having a conversation to see like, ooh, what, what's the nuance here? Right. When I'm stepping into those second conversations, it's massively draining, right? I mean, it, yeah. think about it. It's like the same thing as like when you're coaching a client who is yeah. committed to being depressed, committed yeah. to believing that they're a piece of shit. Yeah. It's like, all right, man, <laughs> then why'd you show up to the conversation? Why are we here? Right, right. right. You're not even going to entertain the idea, not that you're wrong, but entertain the idea that there might be something you're not looking at. Right. Then there is no reason for me to be here. Right. Right. Like if a person comes to me as a client, even if they can't articulate it, they believe that there's something more to them. They believe that there's a possibility that I can just feel it in my bones. I don't know what it is, Amari, but let's talk about it. But if a client emails you and they're like, hey, sir, I'd like to be your client. I want to let you know that I want to be depressed for the rest of my life and I don't plan on changing ever. (laughs) It's like, why are we talking? (laughs) What are we doing here? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important for the listeners and just anyone to hear that because, you know, the moment that I was willing to entertain that I might be wrong, my life finally changed. Like when I was willing to entertain the belief that I might not know the truth of the world, like the way I'm seeing life actually isn't accurate. It's an illusion of someone else's belief system 
that I have taken on, that's when things started to shift. And I, I think part of this movement and part of what's happening right now with everything in the world is waking us up to the shadows within ourselves and to the ability to start looking at life and saying, maybe I just don't know. And that doesn't mean we have the answers yet, but it might just be, I might not know the truth. I might not have all the answers. I might not be able to say with conviction, this is accurate any longer. And even that I think will start shifting things. Like even just that people willing to break down the barriers politically, societally, culturally, I just think it's so, so powerful. You are hitting such a fat nail on the head. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I'm just bursting over here. (laughs) What you said is so powerful. As soon as I entertained the belief that I might be wrong, my life changed, right? And why don't people want to do that? Because self-doubt is a scary thing, right? Because Mm -hmm. to doubt my beliefs makes me feel like I'm doubting myself. And that's the last thing that the mind on a psychological level wants is a feeling of uncertainty, of a feeling of insecurity. So I would rather stick to what I know and what might be wrong, but I'd rather stick to that than than risk the feeling of, oh my God, I've been lying to myself. I could be living a different reality. I don't have to work a job that I hate. All the black people I've seen on the street that I've been ignoring my entire life, they could have been my friend, they could have been my lover, they could have been my best friend. That's terrifying, right? And that's why people would rather not challenge their beliefs but I want to encourage everybody listening. That shit is actually kind of fun. <laughs> it's actually kind of, it's a, it's a thrill ride to mm-hmm. constantly be willing to have this idea of yourself and this idea of reality shifted and changed. Because yep. what would it look like if, how do I say this? What would it look like if you didn't believe that you were your beliefs? That there's something eternal about you that doesn't have to feel shaky and unsure of itself when you have your beliefs challenged like i mean think about like religion people don't want you to be like questioning god because like well god is god will guide me through everything like if you question that then that means oh my god what am i i was like it's just something that you believe and that's fine your beliefs can be right or wrong my thing isn't about finding out what are your beliefs are right or wrong what right do i have to say that my thing is are these beliefs serving you? Right. Are they serving right. your joy, your love, your inspiration, your creativity, exactly. Exactly. your happiness? Or are they taking you down? And I think right now, I'm curious if this is true for you or what you're witnessing, because our external environment feels so shaky and the world feels so shaky, individuals who don't have this inner awareness that we're talking about yet, which I'm trusting so many of them are going to start to shift, (laughs) hold more strongly in their convictions because their external world is shaking. And so they fear that if the external world is shaking, they have to hold internally, which Mm -hmm. just causes more discord and more more discomfort and more pain. It's it's very counterintuitive. It's (laughs) It's like you're trying to control the internal. So you're going out and attacking everyone else to control your internal world. Yeah but it's not serving. A perfect metaphor for that. Corona hit as it hit every single other person on this planet, right? And when Corona hit, I was super excited because I was like, whoa, 
maybe if like now that people don't have to go into work and they have this time to reflect, they'll be like, mm, I actually maybe don't want to go back to that job. I hate that job. I now have enough space to see that that job doesn't serve me. That's what my hope was. That's why I was really excited. <laughs> and what's interesting is that instead, like you said, when people had their world kind of shaky, they held tighter. Yep. And I, I heard people who I know they hate their jobs. They've told me, they're like, I, I need to get back to work. I'm like, what? <laughs> like that, because that was their sense of security. That was their sense of self. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, bro, if you are not willing to challenge your sense of self, then yourself will never grow. And if you are cool living the life that you're living right now for the rest of your life, then all right, cool. You don't need to coach. You don't need to challenge yourself. Amazing. And if there's something in you that believes that there is something more to you, then you have to challenge the self that you're currently existing in. Yep. Yep. And be willing to use the collapse of the external as a way to or a gateway to the new. Like I think that it's this external is, is, is forcing us to really dig up the internal, but it's also this beautiful opportunity to say, thank you, universe, consciousness, God, light, whatever you want to connect with. Like, thank you for crumbling my world because oh, I was already exactly. fucking miserable. So because I'm miserable, yes. like why are we so attached to the misery <laughs> And causing more misery. I'm like, it's oh so God. crazy to me because I'm like very similar. So many people were like, I never have time for self-care. And I was like, you have all the time in the world. Now you have <laughs> no excuse. And, and a lot of people still didn't. Right, right. And a so lot of people still sat on Netflix. Exactly. And so it, it was this interesting experience for me to coach during this time and really see like that your mind is always going with you. So like the belief system, so it was the excuse of the job and like having to run around and always busy and having to be on planes. Now you're in your home and your mind is still there. So the excuses continue to perpetuate in the yeah. home. It's yes. like, it's been this mirror. I think COVID, what's happening in the world. I think this election Trump coming up in November, like everything is mirroring to us the deepest parts of ourselves that need that upgrade. And if we're not willing to listen, sadly, the universe just keeps knocking and knocking and knocking. It's just going to keep doing the same thing. And it's just going to keep on cycling because the universe don't care if what make, what you're doing makes you feel bad or good. It's just like, I'm just going to give you what you keep asking for. Yep. <laughs> and if you're not going to look at another possibility, then you're going to keep getting what you're, like, what you're unconsciously asking for. Yeah. So why not make some, you know, conscious actions, some conscious decisions? Yeah. And in order to do that, what is your process? I know like you can't dive into like the exact transformational exercises, but do you have a, a daily meditation practice? Do you connect from, I know you love to go into nature. You were telling me like get away and disconnect, but is there a process for you to like hear your truth? Because I think as we go to our phones and the media and the TVs and the you know, the computers and all the things, it's very easy to just have all that projected on us and then we don't know our truth. We have no idea. Exactly. Um, but I also believe we can foster this like deep internal intuition where we can turn on the meeting. We're like, nope, not, that's not my that's truth. not for me. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that question. So there's some obvious answers and I'm going to, I'm more interested in the unobvious answer. Yeah. <laughs> so the obvious answers are like journaling exercises, yeah. right? There's exercises like, yo, when you see a moment where you really stepped up into your power, reflect on it, journal about it, 
see yourself as that person, right? Be like, take note of it. Don't let it just pass by, right? So there's those obvious answers. And then the not so obvious answer is to have a tribe around you of relatively squeaky clean mirrors who would be willing to reflect back to who you are, right? Because these are the people who are, are witnessing you, right? They're not caught up in the stories that you're playing in your head. They're watching you. They're aware of who you are, right? Wow. And that's what we mean when we say community. It's like these people who can reflect back to us like, yeah, you're being who you are. This is, this is who we see and know you to be, right? And of course, mm-hmm. you want to get people who don't throw their own projections onto it and whatever. But that, that, that's the goal. That's the aim. That's, that's what I'm looking for, right? Wow. Is my reflections and my people. To give you a, an anecdote, a quick anecdote on it, you can, you can feel free to cut this out if you want. So it was right after the race thing really took off, right? It was after I came back from that vacation I told mm-hmm. you about. And, you know, tensions were high and emotions were running all over the place with social media and in real life. And out one afternoon, I noticed that there were like 30 cop cars on the street over next to me. And they were doing some kind of operation and they were stopping it, it was just something with the riots and stuff. So they, there's like 30 cop cars. That's not an exaggeration. They were all there blocking off the street. And I walked over and I see myself like, you know, 20 feet from all these cops. And I'm the only black guy around. <laughs> and I just had this deep cry within me that wanted to say, do any of you all want to talk? Mm. I just wanted to yell it out and see if any of these cops were willing to have a conversation. Because that's what I want. And that's the only thing I saw that would be, you know, moving us forward in the direction that I want to go. And I know they have their whole silence. And they can't. So I wanted to say something. Every bone, mitochondria, and cell in my body wanted to say something. And then I got hit with a wave of fear. I got hit with all the social media things of like, oh, when you talk to cops, you're a black guy. You're just going to end up on the ground. You're going to get beat up. You're going to da 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 Right? All these narratives and stories from social media and the news and from my parents and from my friends. And all of that came in my head and it put up a massive wall of fear in my mind, right? And I didn't say what I wanted to say, which hardly ever happens in my life, <laughs> but I didn't. So I left and I went home. Mm. And when I went home, I felt a massive amount of anxiety. I felt like this like thing like in my stomach and I was like, oh, why do I feel so discombobulated? And I called my coach who also happens to be one of my best friends, i.e. this idea of community. I called him, told him what happened, and he was like, yo, what's happening right now for you is you have this self, this idea of yourself, of a leader, somebody who speaks up, somebody who speaks his truth. And in that moment, you did it. And it's contradicting your idea of yourself. And all of a sudden you're having this crisis of, am I who I said I am? Have I been a fraud all these years? (laughs) Right? And that's exactly what was happening. Right. Is I was like, why? I was shaming myself and guilting myself. Like, Amar, you never let fear run your life. What, what the fuck are you doing? Has this been a lie the whole time? Has this been a sham? Right. Mm-hmm. And then in that moment, I just had somebody who could just be a mirror and be like, shut the fuck up. You are still Amari. And this is who Amari is. And in that moment, it was just like, peace. Wow. In that moment, I just came back to myself. Wow. That's a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing. I had a similar moment this past weekend where I was with some of my best friends in Aspen and it was the first time I had the courage to say to them, we were doing reflections of one another. And I said, 
please never speak behind my back. Please always come to me if I'm doing something that feels out of alignment with my highest self because I'm at a place Mm, in my life now that I want to be in alignment with my identity. I want to be in alignment with how I hold myself and carry myself and how I want to show up in the world. And you know what that highest self looks like, but Mm -hmm. often my unconscious way of being probably doesn't show up that way. Like there are probably ways I'm falling short. And Mm -hmm. I said, as your one of your best friends, it would mean the world to me for you to be reflective of that to me. And like, it took so much courage to say that because (laughs) you know, down the road, there will be the uncomfortable (laughs) conversations, right? You know that you will be triggered when they sit down and reflect back to you the parts of yourself. And like your coach did, they also will be there to hold me and say, maybe you didn't show up the way that you had hoped to today, but you're still in intention with who you want to become. And I am in full agreement that friendship, community, mentorship, coaches are our gift to mirror to us. Exactly. hundred percent. Like we've all set a bar for ourselves. We've all set a standard for ourselves. And that standard isn't overachievement. It is simply being who we are. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that's the bar I'm going for every single day. And yeah, I will fall short because I live in a society that constantly says, don't be yourself. (laughs) I hate when you be yourself. (laughs) Right. Right. And cool, I'll fall short sometimes, right? It's like Usain Bolt, when he is in his natural flow and he has eaten his vitamins and his food and he's like done his meditation, he's, he has a time that he can hit in that 100-yard dash. Yep. That's actually just his natural speed. And at times, you know, he'll eat the wrong food, he won't get some sleep, da, 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 and he'll fall sore, right? Mm-hmm. But he doesn't need to beat himself up like, am I not Usain Bolt anymore? It's like, right. no, you, right. you just, <laughs> you still are. Mm-hmm. that's the standard we're setting for you because that's who you've shown yourself to be, right? Yep. That's actually your most natural state. And I think when we forgive ourselves and allow ourselves to fall short, we also give other people the opportunity to fall short and we grace them with the same forgiveness and we hold a vision for them of their highest self and the highest self of humanity and consciousness and witnessing them wherever they are and saying, you can do better and be better, but I'm not going to shame you for being who you are in this moment, but I'm still going to hold you. And that doesn't mean you're not holding someone accountable, right? That doesn't mean that you're not sharing with them where they could show up better. But I think we energetically can, it's that saying of like, love yourself where you are and still have the desire to grow. It's that same sort of like energy. It's like, loving people and witnessing that they have the opportunity to grow. And I'm always trying to just witness people because of my own pain and where I've been like, wow, that person must be hurting and suffering so badly for them to be behaving in that way. And hopefully by yeah, shining a light, I can Mm -hmm. support them in elevating them even just a little bit. Yeah. So when a client comes to me and we have goals for the week and they're like, oh yeah, I didn't hit this and I can't believe it. I'm like, bro, it's all good. <laughs> it's fine. It's like this week you just were more human mm-hmm. than you were Matthew, right? Or you were more <laughs> human than you were Sarah. It's like, cool. Next week we're going to be more Sarah. That's yeah. fantastic. And that's fine. Yeah. But the human condition is that of a condition which, which, which is subjective and it changes and it's not the same every day. And that's the game. That's the fun, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. I could talk to you for hours. I know we're we're hitting our hour mark and I want to be super respectful of time, but I'm sure people are going to really want to learn more from you and dive into your work. Where can people find your content and your inspiration and (laughs) all the things? I'll link them below, but just to be safe so that they can connect with you right away. Where are those spots? Thank you. I appreciate the invitation. Instagram is where I do a lot of my interacting. That's where I share a lot of myself. And that's probably the best place to keep up to date with me. That would be at K-Y-N-G. So it's King with a Y dot M-R-I. I-M-A-R-I. So Mm. at K-Y-N-G dot I-M-A-R-I. That's my Instagram handle. And if you want to see my website, it's howtohuman.io. How to human. human. Dot .io. Dot, dot io. Okay. How to yeah. human.io. Perfect. Yeah. Just helping people remember how. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I really love your website. It's like to the point and you like, you're like, wow, I can just witness the depth of the work that you do just from like being on it. Okay. And it I just translates that. really beautifully energetically. So thank you for Shout being here. Yeah. Thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you so much for just showing up for this conversation. It really deeply means so much to me. And I have learned so much from you just in the past three weeks, and I'm excited to continue to learn and dive deeper in our friendship and just really blessed to have you in my life. So thank you so much. Has it only been three weeks? Wow. Yeah. Three, four weeks. Oh, maybe wow, maybe four. I feel like it's been such a short amount of time, but then it feels like I've known you <laughs> forever. Right. Yeah. Right. We just I'm like, we've been right friends for like the, a couple of years. <laughs> right into the shadow work. Yeah. Um, no, I, I appreciate you. Thank you for not just inviting me, not just, you know, doing the whole podcast thing, but also thank you for being a great conversation. Like mm. I thoroughly enjoyed this. I, I appreciate back and forth in the, in the pong. Like to me, this, this is this, thank you for just letting me be Amari because this is all I want to do. This is what I want to do is just have cool conversations with cool people so we can come up with cool new ideas. So thank you for giving me back myself today, Sarah Stewart. Uh, thank you so much. All right, so I just want you to pause for a moment to really take in everything that Amari shared. What feelings came up for you? I encourage you to take note and to journal on two things. Anything that came up for you that was extremely triggering and anything that came up that felt incredibly empowering as well. This time has presented us the opportunity to reflect on our lives, our beliefs, our actions, and to review, revise, and improve on them. And paying attention and noticing what shows up for us offers us profound healing and forward progress. In each of these moments, ask yourself, how might this trigger lead to profound healing? How can I exercise compassion? How might me feeling empowered and inspired lead to profound healing and change? What steps do I need to take in order to create a different world? Allow these answers to come forward without judgment and note your observations. This is work, hard work, and it's often uncomfortable. And I agree with Amari that it is going to take time and dedication and openness to truly create the impact and the outcome we deeply desire. We must continue to stay open to doing the work on ourselves and to practice this level of awareness as we build the future we want to live in. I trust that you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And so ask yourself what you can do this week, this month, this coming year, and then commit to these steps 
and commit to change. I strongly believe this conversation is one that we can all benefit from, especially considering all the unrest in the world right now. If you enjoyed this episode, my only ask is that you share it with someone that you love that needs to hear what Amari shared. And it doesn't have to be someone who will be deeply inspired and aligned. It may be someone who needs to rethink the way in which they see this world and shift out of the unconscious way of living. I've been doing a lot of work on this. We all need to do this work. It is important for this time in history. Furthermore, I also encourage you to do the things every day that make the difference. Sign the petitions, post and share, donate, register to vote, start having the tough conversations in your home and community, reach out to your leaders, and most importantly, stay open to educating yourself and turning to the greatest leaders for guidance, those who have dedicated their lives to this challenging work. Yes, you might not understand, but that does not mean you should not be doing your part to create the change that is so deeply needed. We all have to find a way to unite in love together. I am so thankful to Amari for having this conversation. It means the world to me that he is open to sharing his wisdom and his knowledge with us. So it would mean the world to me if you could also spread his message and his knowledge and his words and his wisdom as well. And further, drop me a message on Instagram if you've been listening to these podcasts and let me know what's been resonating. What do you want to hear more about and how can I support you in becoming happier and healthier? You can always find me on the gram at Sarah Ann Stewart. And until next time, I'm sending you massive virtual hug and trusting that there will be beauty and inspiration in the next one. All right, that concludes this cast. It is my honor to always be here with you. But hang tight because I have one last thought. You're here right now because you are ready. Because while many of us share the feelings of wanting more, not everyone is willing to do what it takes to get it. But you are here. You are ready. So this is your opportunity now to take what you just learned and implement it today. Make a pact with yourself to put just one thing into action. Just one. Write it down, do it, and share it with me. We are all in this together. Thank you for being here. You too can feel awesome from the inside out.